What's happening, people? Welcome to another episode of The Hustler. We hope you've been enjoying the content that we've been posting. It's been a while since we've done some basketball, so we thought we'd catch up on everything around uh, the NBA. Now, the hot topic this weekend, at least, is the all-star voting. Now, the interesting thing this year is that is that the format has been changed. You know, and the reason that the format has been changed is largely because the last few years, the All-Star games have just been boring, you know, it's just been score fests, no one's playing defense, and, you know, it, it's not a lot of fun, obviously, so uh, there's, there's a devised format, it's it's a fun format, so what I'm going to do is uh, maybe have Warren, who's here with me, run you guys through what the new revised format is, and then we maybe talk through our predictions for the picks that you know this year two captains are going to get to you know to pick their teammates so you know we'll get into that later but first off Warren what do you think of this new format and for our listeners just explain to them what exactly it is. Uh, the new format's interesting. Um, so basically, it's divided into two rounds. Uh, based on the voting that we just experienced uh, over the past few days, since LeBron was the number one vote getter, LeBron gets the first pick in the first round. Uh, and in that first round, they'll only be picking from a pool of starters uh, of Western Conference starters and Eastern Conference These starters. These are the ones that have been voted in by the NBA and right. by the public. Uh, so the round, the second round, Curry will be picking first, and that will be from the reserves. And again, that's also been voted. Uh, I think chosen by coaches, in fact. Uh, so th- this will be interesting to see in terms of whether or not this game is really going to live up to its expectation, and you know, it's going to be different from other games. Uh, I'm not sure because uh, they're not really televising the draft, and that's where the real interest for this entire thing is. Because people really want to see the backstories, uh, you know, panning out. And given that these players are like professionals and they can handle these situations, and given that it's an all-star game and like you know, not too much is on the line. Uh, putting aside all the animosity that the players and the NBA Players Association have, uh, it would be a really good experience for a fan, and that would really, for me, make a perfect all-star experience. But I don't know. It's something that they could probably work on in the future. They also have to protect the players. Uh, it's a given Adam Silver has done it and that's why the players unions also had a pushback so either way um, it's interesting so let's let's move on um, if you were LeBron who would your first pick be okay so I mean it's also interesting to note that from the starters LeBron gets the first pick and then as it moves to the reserves Steph, you know Steph gets the first pick and they alternate so what we'll do is uh, first we'll read we'll read out the pool of players that have been voted in from both uh, the Eastern Conference and the Western Conference. From the East, uh, the starters at least are LeBron's captain. So the other starters that both uh, that both cap- captains get to pick for uh, pick from uh, from the East are LeBron, Kyrie Irving, Joel Embiid, uh, Giannis, and Demar Derozan. And in the reserves from the East, both captains get to pick between uh, Bradley Beal, Victor Oladipo. Uh, Kristaps Porzingis, Kevin Love, John Wall, uh, Al Horford, and Kyle Lowry. Now, from the West, starters are, I mean, besides the captain, Steph, that is, there's Kevin Durant, you have DeMarcus Cousins, Anthony Davis, James Harden, and in the reserves, you have Clay Thompson, Damian Lillard, Jimmy Butler, Carl Anthony Towns, LaMarcus Aldridge, Draymond Green, Russell Westbrook, and yeah, that's pretty much about it. So I mean, in terms of the reserves, I think the West side looks like 
really really stacked so okay so let's let's do like a mock draft then i mean i do think it's a little shady that this is happening you know that they're doing the they're doing the draft you know in private and not televising and that would have been obviously a lot of fun but you know i i can see why and credit to the nba in trying to get the change in the first place but anyways we can still have a bit of fun so uh I think LeBron's first pick is Kevin Durant. Yeah, um, like I, I can't go, I can't say beyond that because uh, right now he's the second best player in the yeah, world. Yeah, and I think and LeBron LeBron's made it clear actually. He mentioned the other day that you know, um, he's not going to be making his picks based on ego. He just wants to go out and win the game, and he does see it. You know, KD as closest to him, or you know, the guy that's probably going to take over from him as the best player in the league. So, assuming they pick Kevin Durant now. Steph Curry's first pick, I don't think it's going to be James Harden. Only because it, it, it doesn't make sense. Because if you look at the starters, when you have a ball handling guard, you know, that in Steph Curry, I don't think he, he'll need James Harden there. And that's why I think his first pick will be Giannis. Um, I'm, I'm pretty sure, you know, to have that kind of forward, you know, to have that kind of athleticism. And also, Kari doesn't want to get dunked on by Giannis again. Not so again, for, probably For not. sure, he's going to get he's, he's, prob- he's probably going with Giannis. Now, in terms of third, if I was LeBron, I'd pick James Harden. It's between James Harden and Kyrie Irving, for sure. But um, I know he says he he's not going to make those decisions on ego. But, I, I mean, realistically, though, you know, if, if you James Harden's having James an MVP Harden season. And Kyrie Irving, you'd... You might want to go with, you know, you might want to go with James Harden. And Steph Curry's next pick is either going to be Kyrie Irving or Anthony Davis. And whoever it is, I think the other person is going to be, um, you know, it's going to be one and the other. Because I think if LeBron picks James Harden, Steph Curry is probably going to pick Kyrie or Anthony Davis for sure. You know, there's there's no question about it. So if he picks Kyrie, LeBron's going to pick AD. And if, if he picks AD, then LeBron's probably going to end up picking Kyrie, which means the last two players from each side, I think LeBron's going to get in Joel Embiid. Or I, I think he might actually get DeMarcus, DeMarcus Cousins. He might get Boogie as his, as his center. And uh, then Steph will probably get Joel Embiid. And then maybe... You know, I, I think that makes more sense. And, you know, DeMar DeRozan... There's no point seeing it beyond this because then choosing the results, it gets a little bit complicated. But either way, I think the starting lineups would look something like this. Would, it would probably be LeBron, like Durant, uh, Embiid, uh, Kyrie... Yes, yeah, so I think it's going to be LeBron, Durant, Harden, uh, Anthony Davis and DeMarcus Cousins. And I think it will be Steph... Giannis, uh, Kyrie, Joel Embiid, and DeMar DeRozan. And I, I think pretty much that's how it'll go. First pick, I'm, I'm certain in the reserve, Steph's going to pick a Golden State player first. He, it's, it's either Clay or Draymond, I'm pretty sure. And it's going to be interesting to see who, actually, you know. Um, I actually think he'll go with Draymond. I, I wouldn't be surprised at all if he decided to go with Draymond. And uh, Steph might go with Draymond, which means... If I was LeBron, I'd say Russell Westbrook. I, I'd definitely go with Russell Westbrook. That'd be a fun team. I'll give you that. And uh, who, who do you think first picks up from the other side? If Russell Westbrook ends up on LeBron's team, that team would have Westbrook, Westbrook, Westbrook Durant, Durant and Harden. And yeah, that, that, that would be an would, ultimate LeBron, Harden, Durant, 
uh, Russell Westbrook. That that would be fun. That that would be pretty pretty insane. Something like that. I think second pick for uh, Steph. Maybe Carl Anthony Towns. I I. I it's possible. I mean, especially if he doesn't get DeMarcus Cousins. But uh, I'd love to see Joel Embiid and Carl Anthony Towns play on the same team after their banter this season. That'll be fun. But uh, that's possible. Uh, or Damian Lillard, uh, if you're looking for you know another guard. Reserves definitely. I I think he'll. I think he might just go with Carl Anthony Towns if he does. LeBron will go with Lillard. Or if Steph goes with Lillard, then LeBron will probably go with Carl Anthony Towns. I think both of them are going to go up. Pretty high. I think after that, Steph's maybe going to pick Kristaps Porzingis. LeBron's going to pick Bradley Beal. Steph will maybe pick um, John Wall after that. LeBron's going to pick Kevin Love. Steph's going to pick Jimmy Butler. LeBron's going to pick Victor Oladipo. And uh, after that, Steph's probably going to pick... I don't know if he's going to pick Al Horford. I'm not entirely sure. But he might pick LeMarcus ahead of Al Horford. And they'll switch. And I think Kyle Lowry and Al Horford will kind of be the last the last two picks to go through uh, from the reserves. Do you see any changes? I mean, are you looking at a completely different order? No, more or less the same. Uh, I think these uh, the choice will be made uh, between Anthony Davis and Kyrie Irving, as you said. So it's probably that fourth pick which uh, either captain has to make is really going to decide how these teams are going to really pan out. But yeah, either way, it's going to be a very fun game to watch uh, like these teams are really really going to go at it and if if they really could keep true to their word and play defense uh, we're going to we're going to have witness one of the best all-star games uh, over the last couple of years yeah i'm hoping it's a little bit more fun dunk contest this year aaron gordon is refusing to give up there are rumors apparently that he pulled out of the dunk contest nothing official yet but he really wants to win one doesn't he and uh, he'll be up against Dennis Smith Jr. He'll be up against a rookie this year. I was really hoping to see Donovan Mitchell in there, but that didn't happen. So it's still, gonna, I think there's Larry Nance Jr. There's Larry Nance Jr. And Basically, what happens is uh, the, the contenders for the previous Dunk of the Year awards are almost basically all get automatic in, invitations to the dunk contest next year. So, Larry Nance, by virtue of that, Larry Nance Jr., Victor Oladipo, um, you know, were automatically basically put into. The lineup that that that'll be pretty fun. I don't think the three point uh, lineup is announced yet. Is it, it? It hasn't been announced, but then there have been some interesting names uh, who have decided to put their pool into that. Or uh, Devin Booker being one of them. Oh so yeah, he, this, he, this he, is always going to happen. I I'm, I'd be very surprised if Devin Booker uh, is not in that. I want to see Kyle Korver go again. <laughs> you know that that'll be kind of fun. But yeah, I think it's going to be between uh, Eric Gordon, Curry, Korver. And I'm not Booker. sure Eric Gordon will be there this year. Clay is going to be there. It is, I think Clay is shooting, well, Clay is shooting 45 from, from threes this year. Clay, Clay Thompson will definitely be in there. He's always a candidate for, <clears throat> with his threes. Kyrie might be there as well. So, you know, we, we'll see how it works out. But it's definitely going to be um, a, a much more fun dunk contest this year. For sure, but let's let's push back to the regular season now. And your thoughts on the Eastern Conference has been fun this year. I'm not gonna. I'm I'm actually think it's it's been a lot of fun this year. You have teams like the Milwaukee Bucks that are barely making it into the playoffs, even though they have had their moments, you know. And I I know they just you know fired their coach and all that, but that's a different thing. But the East is definitely a little more competitive this year. 
we didn't really expect that to happen. But the big story is, do the Cavs make it out of the East? And I think they will. I only think, I, I think this was always going to happen when Isaiah came back in January. You know, they were going to take time to figure it out. And that does take time, generally, you know. And all these things about these player meetings and all, it, it kind of, it happens, you know, because clearly they're not good enough to beat Golden State right now. And you need to make those moves. So if they don't panic about it now and panic about it after the trade deadline, that could maybe be worse. So maybe we are exaggerating the situation with the Cavs right now. I don't think that the Celtics, without Gordon Hayward, are just well-equipped enough to beat the Cavs. I just, I don't see it. I think it's it's just Kyrie Irving. I don't think Jason Tatum's right there yet. I don't think Jalen Brown will have a lot of success in, in, in guarding LeBron either. But the big thing is, these are both rookies. Or Jalen Brown's in what, second year and Jason Tatum's a rookie. These are players that are just coming out of college. And in college, you play like, what, 35 games a year. To play a playoff series where you play seven games in two weeks is something that a lot of these Celtics players are, you know, some of the important Celtics players like Jalen Brown, Jason Tatums, that are, you know, that are rookies, have never done before. And I think to keep up with the Cavs' offense, yes, they're very bad on defense, but that's going to take something out of you when you're defending them, right? So, and I like the Celtics. I think Brad Stevens has a has a very impressive system, you know, of their fantastic defensive team. But in the long run, and this is why playoffs are are so predictable. I feel, you know, because you know which players have the legs to go all the way and which players don't. And I just don't think the Celtics have it. So, my view on this is is that the Cavs make it out of the East. Do you see it differently? No, I think the Cavs will definitely make it out of the East. Uh, as you said, things right now seem very exaggerated. Uh, a lot of people are calling for crisis talks. Uh, and, you know, it seems like the entire organization is in chaos. Dan Gilbert apparently wants to sell the Cavaliers. And if he does so, would it be a wise move for him to use the Brooklyn pick and, you know, in doing so, acquire and increase the value of the team i don't know like these are questions that need to be answered in the next couple of days but uh, what's for sure is that they need someone uh, to assure them up in the defensive end i don't think uh, george hill uh, is going to be a real solution neither do i think the kemba walker deal is possible so they realistically now probably may have to start looking towards uh, someone like an anthony davis if, if he's available or maybe demarcus cousins for that matter i don't think or, they're gonna get them i mean you yeah, just like exactly that's the point the, like at, at this the time Brooklyn pick anthony davis I, I just know that there are other franchises in the nba that can offer the pelicans a lot more than the Cavs can for anthony davis or even even boogie cousins for that matter I mean, yeah, it's definitely going to be hard for them to do so. But uh, apart from that, I, I don't see them getting anyone beyond a DeAndre Jordan. And to be honest, I'm not sure if Jordan is going to be really the, the, sol- this, the person who solves their problems because... I think there's something more inherent in the system uh, at the like you know Cavaliers and with LeBron trying to figure things out. Uh, it's gradually going to fall into place for them for sure. Uh, it will be uh, you know better and his his output is going to definitely improve. It's just a matter of like seeing out these next few weeks until the deadline and like going from there like you know winning a couple of games and heading heading towards playoffs uh getting that confidence which is really going to help them in those seven game series because we know that they're going to be able to play really good basketball yeah like new players i mean and there are seven new players on this Cavs roster this year it 
it takes time, you know, for them for them to exactly fit in and figure out what's the best system now that with now that Isaiah Isaiah is back, you know, with earlier with the Cavs at the start of the season, we said the same thing. We said give them time, you know, they will figure it out, and then they went on that winning run, and that's the same thing I said about OKC too, you know, at the start of the season, and they're figuring it out, you know, they should have been given the same chance as the Cavs, and they have, you know, they've. They're playing much better. Yes, they had to revert back to giving Russell Westbrook a lot more of the ball to be successful. But, you know, if, if they can figure out a system where, you know, Paul, you know, Westbrook drives in and Paul George can, you know, Paul George marshals your game at the line and, you know, Carmelo Anthony is willing to take fewer shots at the mid-range, but, you know, be responsible for that mid-range, you can figure out a system that works. And I, I feel like... The Cavs can do something similar, but, you know, yeah, obviously they need to let go of their egos. And most, more importantly, I, to, I do think they need to make a change if they are to have a shot at Golden State. And I say that because that's their best shot at LeBron staying, them winning a championship this year, you know. And that's what Dan Gilbert keeps needs to keep in mind. But I do agree with you. I think they're going to end up set, settling for DeAndre Jordan. Um, they need a better rim protector than DeAndre Jordan, but... What DeAndre will bring to the table is he's a monster rebounder. Uh, Los Angeles Clippers rebound leaders in the NBA this season. So uh, he will bring that to the team. Whether that's enough, I, I know it's it's contingent on a lot of other factors. It, it's contingent on Isaiah and how he plays when he's back to 100%. Because I think we can all agree that this is not 100% right now. But when these teams shake up, you know, a lot of teams had these shakeups at the at you know at the end of last season. I felt like the most successful of them all would be the Houston Rockets, even though you know most people were skeptical about two major ball handlers, you know, uh, in that team. But they figured it out and they're doing very well. You know, they're having their moments. I think you know where they you know where they're shooting bricks or moments of defensive, you know, in organization. But defensively. They've been phenomenal. They've been absolutely outstanding. Uh, they've been efficient as well. They figured out a system where they spread out the minutes that Harden and Chris Paul play alternately. And Mike D'Antoni is doing a fantastic job. My point is, are they doing enough? Or do they have they put themselves in with a good shot of taking on the Warriors in a seven-game series? And if there is something that they need to upgrade on, what do you think it is? I think they have. Uh, from what we've seen uh, this season with the additions like such as PJ Tucker, Emba Omote, uh, and recently Gerald Green, uh, I think all of these players have provided uh, a necessary boost on the defensive end. And with Chris Paul marshalling, uh, you know the units, uh, de- the defense has really, really improved from them. So visibly, this has also like led to a stat that when Harden, Capella, and Chris Paul together have played, they have a win record of 17 and 0. So, and this win record includes beating Golden State twice. So, it's very impressive from this Houston team. Uh, Mike Antony deserves a lot of credit. Um, and whether or not they're going to be able to beat Golden State in a seven-game series, I'm not sure. Uh, whether or not they'll be able to move for someone else, I don't think so. Because they, they have a very good system uh, in place already. And it's a matter of just, uh, you know seeing out these remaining few games and really focusing when playoff time comes because uh, they really need to be uh, a very good team that time. Um, apart from that, I, I don't see any glaringly obvious changes that they need to make. Yeah, the one thing I noticed about the Rockets or the one biggest problem about the Rockets was 
uh, or with Harden particularly was they they were giving so much in during you know during the regular season that they just ran out of gas in in the postseason. That's exactly what happened in the Western Conference Finals last year and you know before the finals and it's Harden looks like he's being very smarter. He's he's being much smarter with his plays. He's being much smarter with the way he manages. Uh, his body and there's no doubt that regardless of the outcome of of a potential Rockets you know uh, Golden State series Golden State will have difficulty uh, defending the pick and roll you know or at least some amount of difficulty uh, with the pick and roll I do think uh, someone good enough to guard Kevin Durant will be a problem perhaps in that series but they're definitely finding the pieces in and you know no doubt Mike D'Antoni can sort of create a structure or a system in which maybe, you know, they can match up to Golden State offensively. Because the problem with facing Golden State is you can rarely stop them, but your best chance at beating them is matching them on the offensive end. And I think from everyone in the NBA right now, you know, including maybe the Cavaliers, I think they're the only team that can, you know, that have the resources to match up to them and go end-to-end in transition and you know, be able to match up to the scoring, you know, the, you know, the scoring resources, or at least the points that Golden State will uh, put up. So there's no doubt about that. But uh, which team has surprised you the most? I think in the NBA this season, with based on our preseason, you know, predictions from last season that we put, you know, that we talked about on this podcast, on this very podcast, uh, which team surprised you the most? Oh, I think the surprises to me have to be uh, the Trailblazers and maybe the Nuggets because uh, I think the Trailblazers were lacking that you know playoff push but with the addition of Nurkic and him playing more minutes and Lillard and uh, you know McCollum forming one of the deadliest backcourts uh, in NBA uh, they've been a very good team and I think they're going to only be on the rise uh, for the next coming games. In fact, the game today, uh, they shot a 43-point uh, third quarter and that just shows that Terry Scotts has something good going there. Uh, their movement is uh, very toxic uh, and they're going to be a team that, you know, uh, one that are contenders in the playoffs to some degree at least. I don't, I don't expect them to get past, you know, a really good team but maybe they could uh, get a surprise upset. Uh, apart from that, the Nuggets, because uh, of the talent that they possess, the young talent that they possess, in fact, uh, they've made a couple of moves, uh, you know, of important stars that they have. But either way, they've still uh, made that playoff push and they're still competing with the likes of the Timberwolves and the Trailblazers. So that's going to be very interesting to see. Uh, and the reason why I didn't mention Timberwolves is because I really expected them to perform like this. They've done phenomenally well against Western Conference teams. Jimmy uh, Butler's come good for sure. And Jimmy Butler's come good. Andrew Wiggins of late has been shooting like insane like he's been shooting at a field like uh, effective field goal percentage of 59% so like things are coming together for that team and it's going to be very fun to see in the playoffs whether or not you know these teams are able to match up against each other or not what about so we made some playoff predictions you know last year uh, with the with the trail bases my worry is you know they 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 do this. They always they've they've come up with a very good team, you know. And this is a team that's had some stability with respect to their roster over the last few years. They've been making the playoffs consistently, but the problem is they make it to the first or second round, and then they just don't have the resources, 
you know, especially defensively. You know, you mentioned they have a phenomenal backcourt. I'm a huge fan of Damien Lillard. But they do need to, you know, I do think they need to figure out something more. You know, I wouldn't be surprised, especially with the promise that they've shown. You know, Lillard and McCallum have both maybe raised their game a little bit this season. And, you know, to help that out, you know, maybe they can go further in the playoffs. I do think they'll make the playoffs. I'm certain they'll make the playoffs. But... And it's about how far they can go because that's the, what the problem has been over the last few years. The West, obviously, is, is a little more competitive. We, you know, we mentioned Minnesota. We expected them to do well. Jimmy Butler has come great. Carl Anthony Towns, I do think he needs to do more on the defensive end. You know, uh, likewise with Andrew Wiggins. But otherwise, they look, they look like a unit that, you know, in the next few months will only get better. So, especially because it's a new team. So, that'll be interesting to watch. But... Uh, there are teams that are going to maybe make a scrape for it. I like Denver. Do you think the Lakers have any mild shot of the playoffs? Absolutely not. Uh, right now, it's more between the Clippers and the Jazz. Uh, between, like, you know, who probably nips the last spot, uh, you know, the eighth spot. I think they both make it. They both may or may not. Like, it's it looks very difficult right now. But Clippers, off late, have been on a phenomenal run with Lou Williams really showing his class. So, who knows? They may really, really push for it. And, uh, again, and with Memphis the Jazz, uh, with the Jazz since Gobert is back, you know, the uh, jazz things are going to be different. Uh, and, like, I think they're going to really pick up some momentum. Rudy Gobert, like, Rudy Gobert and with Donovan Mitchell. Oh, yeah, the Jazz, the jazz are going to be fun. There's no doubt about it. But... So it's a matter of whether or not Denver are able to keep up that momentum. Because if Denver lose out, I think, you know, the likes of Clippers or Jazz is really going to take uh, take advantage of it. Apart from that, I think the top is like pretty much settled. It's going to be Golden State who's going to finish top, uh, followed by Houston, San Antonio, uh, Minnesota. Uh, Okay, uh, pro- probably an OKC, yeah. Uh, then Trailblazers, and like finally that last position, like it's completely open. It could be anyone's game there. Yeah, probably. I mean, it, it's going to be fun to see. We still have quite a few months, uh, to, you know, to see. But which teams going to are you going to have your eyes? Like, you know, just final thoughts from you. Which which teams are you going to have your eyes on and watch uh, how they develop in you know just in the build up to the playoffs at least. Um, I mean, a mix of everything. Uh, in the East, uh, I've, I've been watching Milwaukee and the project that they have going there is phenomenal. They're just I've, I've watched a bit of... I'm, I'm guessing they're resetting on that project. Right, yeah. I mean, sure. Like, I mean, I've also watched a bit of uh, New York and the 76ers uh, and I've been fairly impressed. Uh, I mean, New York right now are underperforming by their standards. So maybe, like, I don't know. That is probably, every year. That is every year. But then, years, like, so. again, like, I think this year they, pro- they have something different which they could possibly, like, you know, push for playoffs. But I don't know. It's it's very hard even in the East, as you mentioned, with, the, you know, the likes of the Pacers, the, the Pistons, all of them, like, battling for those slots. So, I mean, in general, I'm just going to look out for the big matchups uh, across the teams. The Celtics or Warriors is coming up soon. That's going to be an interesting game. Up, uh, game. Uh, apart from that, in general, I'm just going to be looking out for, you know, last-minute trades and anything that teams could do to uh, show in the playoffs because right now in the regular season you can't really pick up that much so looking forward to all of those things in the future alright always fun discussing basketball with you we'll have more episodes up real soon we hope you enjoyed this one don't forget to like share and subscribe Subscribe. we'll have a lot more content up for you stay tuned to the Hustle Up